0: So, if you want more joy, if you want more blessings in your life, if you want more inspiration in your life, if you want more light in your life, find something within you that you need to transform, and begin the process of transforming it, and you will find that actually becomes a gateway to greater blessings.
1: If each person can realize they come into the world one way, and over time we do collect, create different habits, you want to tap into the truest part, be kind to yourself, First start there, where you're just you, you love you. And then from that space, then look at all the things that you wanna change by yourself. Because if not, I think that's where people really get stuck and say, you know, I studied spirituality, but it was just too much work, all that change and that transformation. Of course, for people who have been doing it for many years, like it's obvious, because that's the only thing that makes you ultimately happy in the realest way that, that lasts forever. Welcome to the Spiritually Hungry Podcast, Episode Forty Five. Forty Five. That's almost as old as we are, actually. <laughs> <laughs> We're giving out our ages. I don't. Age is actually wisdom, as far as I'm concerned. Yes. It's as old yeah. as I am. <laughs> You're still older. <laughs> Always. So, when I think about things that topics I want to talk about, or if I'm preparing a speech um, or for a podcast, I look back to what's led up to the week or the month or the last six months. And when I was with my father in the hospital, you know, situations can bring out the best in people and they can bring out the worst in people. And for some people their best is in the most difficult times, for some people their worst is when it should be easy and really relatively a non-issue moment, right? So, it got me thinking about a few things. Um, One is, what really is good or bad behavior? right? And I mean, I don't even like those words, so I want to challenge that as well. And also, what is our responsibility to grow and evolve? And and why is that important? How do we do that? So, there is no such thing as good or bad as far as I am concerned. I know you are thinking, let me finish my (laughs) thought, Michael. Because the thing is, most of us grew up with, you know, when we are children, this is good, this is bad. Be a good girl, smile to your elders, be a good boy, you know, don't cry about that, be strong, you know, shake it off type of thing. And while those behaviors may work when we are children, right, they keep us maybe in line or to know what society expects of us, or or at least our families expect from us. When we are adults, you can see how things that are good could actually be bad for us. So, smiling, and pretending, and putting a happy face on, no matter how you are feeling, obviously, when you are an adult, will lead to feeling bitter, and have resentment, and not really be a a true person to who you are supposed to be. So, the reason I want to talk about good and bad, because before we actually go into growth and transformation, let's just start with being you, whatever that looks like. So, because I think the tricky part – yes, I know you can challenge me in just a minute, keep nodding – I think the tricky part is that most people are living the way they think people expect them to. They are not really in touch with their – with who they are, or their nature, and then, over time, they have adopted many different behaviors. And if they're not authentic and true, right, which is connected to your soul and to who you want to become and you've given thought to that, if you haven't done that and you're just giving thought to what everybody else wants, what's appropriate, what's expected, then you will collect many, many habits throughout life that aren't you, A. And if you're not living you, you're not going to be happy. So I think everybody has to start with like, where is it that you are at in life? Are you living in a way that's not true or authentic? And accept all of you, and from that place, I think transformation can really occur. Okay, now you can challenge me. But I know because the way you come into the world—I'll <laughs> let you speak in a minute. You never like you—you you came really more. You didn't go through this other part that the rest of us did, as I have witnessed.
0: No, I just want to clarify because you—you you first. You, the question is, you know, what's good and what's bad, and I think we can actually clarify what is there are and for me it's very simple very simple uh, idea good and bad is anything that either bad is anything that hurts somebody else or hurts me and good is anything that does better for somebody else or for me
1: but people don't have that clarity when they okay but i'm life. saying
0: but I, I think that there clearly is good behavior and bad behavior in this context
1: well there's accepted behavior and unaccepted behavior and who's to say what's good or bad? I mean, there's things across did. the board that are, right? Like murder or slander. But there's other things that are not. For instance, right? With our oldest, do you remember a few years ago, he was going through a difficult time. He didn't think he was, by the way, but to us, it was pretty apparent and obvious. And he said something that really struck me. And it, to this day, still, I think about it. He said, I wake up every day with wanting to find ways to be happy. And that's what I do. And he was not in a great he was more in a selfish state at that time. And I looked at him and I said, Wait, wait, is that what you actually think you're doing? You wake up every day asking yourself, How can I feel better? Right? So you wouldn't be aware of that being good or bad. In his mind, he was chasing something that right. was positive.
0: Right. Except, except again, except if you use the parameters that I express, which right, is, what is.
1: What are your parameters? Which is, yeah. which is. I'll pay attention this time.
0: Good. <laughs> you did not listen last time. <laughs> good is anything that does benefit for myself or for others. Bad is anything that harms anybody else or myself.
1: Okay, this is, I have a problem with it, because... I do not think it is I think it is subjective. Anything that is good or bad for others. You, a parent, or I, I was parented like this on some level. Parents sometimes think they are doing good for their child, but some of the of things course. are harmful. It, oh, so that did not work.
0: <laughs> <sighs> I think that that is the proper starting point for assessing our behavior mm-hmm. of course any assessment can be flawed will be flawed but i do think that that's a that's a good a good place to start mm-hmm. right am i hurting other people or myself am i improving the lives of other people and or myself the second thing which you said which is that that most people live their lives for what others will think. I think that is true, and that is a problem on its own. But I do think often people behave in ways that they know are not what other people want them to be behaving, but they are so reactive, right? Anger. I think a lot of people who behave in anger, for instance, they know that the person that they're yelling at does not want to be yelled at, right? They're not, well, they're not they considering
1: are not, the person that they're yelling right, at in that moment. Right. So right? so
0: in that moment, if they could say, one second, what does the other person want from me, or at least what do they not want from me? I think that actually is also a very good place to start. Again, you can't end there, and hopefully we'll get delve a little bit more deeply into how the assessment should be made. But I do think that thinking about how other people are receiving us and more importantly, what they want to receive from us, and maybe even more important than that, what they do not want to receive from us, is not a bad place to start. I know, again, specifically these few situations you shared with me over the past few weeks, where it would be wonderful if the person who with whom you were having the not positive interaction would have, before any other react, reaction, would have said, what does the person to whom I am speaking, or yelling at, want to hear from me?
1: But that takes self-awareness. Of course. And I think – so th- this is why I keep going back to this. The of Vilna said that there are two ways people come in the world. They come in with their natural traits, and then they also have then habits that they have collected through time. And we know that habits, right, if you have another habit, a bad habit, eventually that does become your nature. You can look at anybody who was, you know, a fit child or a healthy child, and then they started eating sugar and fat, whatever, their whole lives – any habit could then create damage. So I wanna just go deeper into that of the idea of, okay, so if we come into although I don't think we come with a clean slate, I think we come with an opportunity for a clean slate. But our nature generally, when we are children, is to be more thoughtful perhaps or to Think of another person more. I think that the desires, those things that become habits that aren't really our, our truest self, can then take over and lead us astray.
0: Right. I, I th- so that, that I think is actually maybe.
1: And the Gaon of Vilna is a, a great uh, scholar, Kabbalist, right? It's just yes. I, I threw that name out and I realized that actually yeah. nobody's heard of it, yeah. probably.
0: Um, I think the way to start this thought process. right? Because, really, what we are hoping for is for our listeners to go through a thought process, one that I think is important for all of us. So, where we start is an understanding of ourselves. When we come into this world, we have two parts. A part that is our essence, all the good things. Kindness, compassion, empathy, joy, blessings, all that. That is who we are. You can call it our soul. You can call it our essence. That is who we are. But it is really important that we remember, that we know, that when we were born, from the moment we were born, there is another part that is tagged along. It is not actually who we are, but it is a very strong voice and force in our life. In the ancient text, they call it the negative inclination. They point out, for instance, when when a, when an animal is born, the Zora tells us. I mean, this is science. This is obvious. They know, even at the age of one day, one month, to stay away from harmful things, from fires and things like that. A baby, a human baby, mm-hmm. is not as aware mm-hmm. from a from a from a young age to refrain from harming themselves, less so than even animals, because we have more free will. Well, free will is 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 the other term for this negative inclination that is tagged along necessarily to allow for free will. Because if we were living out as a pure soul, as our pure essence, there would be no free will. We would only be doing the right things. We would only uh, grow, be growing and, and, and benefiting ourselves and others. To allow for free will, this very powerful, omnipresent force is invested in every single one of us. So, as I sit here now, there is amazing light, my soul, as every one of our listeners is listening to us. They are, right now, in inhabiting tremendous light, blessings, wisdom. At the same time, as I sit here, and you sit here, and our listeners are listening to us, there is, within me, and within you, and within every single one of our listeners, a tremendously negative voice. Again, it is isn't our essence. It is not who we truly are. It is an intruder into our lives. But it is there from the moment that we are born, every second of our lives. And when you understand yourself in this way, that it is not simply that you can go along in life and try to be a good person, and live out your life in that way, because there is this force. And I think if you introspect enough, you will realize this. That is going to push you, as it pushes the baby to go into the fire. It pushes you and I to yell at another person, to become jealous at another person. All the negative actions, behaviors, and even thoughts that we have are coming from this other force.
1: To give us an opportunity.
0: To give us the opportunity to 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 push it away, but I think that too often
1: we make it about the person. Well, or not even the about... trigger or you know the circumstance. We, we never do... think, we never realize that there's something within us. Exactly,
0: and, and and again, I want to be careful. Not so much not us, right? It's it's not me. I am perfect and pure and elevated and good, but within me, within my mind. There is this force that is as strong, not stronger, than all of my basic goodness.
1: You know what I kind of look at it like as you were speaking? Imagine like a sunny day, right? And at any moment, weather can change. There's a storm that's come in, it turned, the wind took it to the right, east instead of west, and now there's this other force that's come and it's created a whole different experience, one that you now need to protect yourself. I mean, how many centuries ago there there was not the weather station, right? People are out and about, and before you know it, they're protecting themselves. At any moment, something could happen. I think that that is the force, that at any moment, something can happen where we have the opportunity to pause and actually think, wait a second, how Do I want to respond to this? And I'm not going to make it about that person or that situation or my circumstances or my upbringing, but I know that as I go through each and every day and I wake up in the morning, there is going to be an opportunity to choose this or to choose that.
0: And I, again, I, I can't stress this or underline this enough because I'm talking for myself, right? And I've hopefully been involved in spiritual pursuit and growth and transformation for over 40 years, right? We, we established over 45 years. Um, <laughs> We all either underestimate or don't even think about or accept this reality. Again, related to a conversation we had recently, people think, look, I'm basically a good person, so I can go through life.
1: I don't like the good person label, by yeah, the way. Right, I have a right. with but that. but that's
0: what I think a lot of people think. Yeah. And you know, I'll do my best. I'll do my best. And sometimes I best <laughs> we had this you you said this very rightfully, that you know, we often say, you know, when when we interact or Experience people behaving badly, you know. I always say, you know, they're doing their best. And you are quick to point out, yes, but their best is not so great. But the no, point actually
1: is, I say, as pitiful as that may be, <laughs> exactly, exactly, <laughs> it's their best. <laughs> yes.
0: But the point is, the point is that unless we are constantly aware of this force that resides within us, we will go through life often getting worse. And having no awareness of that at all. And the point, I think, and I think the point that we want to awaken within ourselves and our listeners today is you can't go through life unaware, unbattling this internal voice and force, because what's going to happen is two things which are bad together one, you won't get better. You, you might not be a bad person. I, don't, I I never think that, you know, I hope I'm not a bad person, right? But I can behave badly. And I know that even though today I like, in this moment, I like to look at myself and say, I'm a spiritual person. Tomorrow I can wake up and yell at somebody. Why? Not because I suddenly became a bad person, but because there is this force. And by the way, and this is the other thing, which, was the Kabbalists point out, in order to allow for free will, that means that you're, Positive inclination, which is your soul, your essence, and your negative inclination, has to be equal, right? Because if there was if there was any variation, if your if you were let's use numbers ten on the scale of spiritual and good, and eight the four that other force was at eight, you'd be winning all the time. So as you grow, that negative inclination has to grow, and therefore the Kabbalists actually teach that the more spiritual you are. The more powerful that negative force has to be, which again I think is both counterintuitive to many people and something we don't think about. So, so, so
1: there is no because people uh, often say, "Wow, I'm doing all these things. I'm trying to be spiritual, and things have never been more difficult." Okay,
0: I, I don't like that conversation, but but, but right, so, no, but it's, but it's it's
1: it's a fa- it's it's a farce. It's not true at all. But I think that we underestimate exactly what we're talking about today.
0: And what that means is that for you and for me, and for every one of our listeners equally. We are all capable tomorrow morning and wake up and do something negative. Because
1: like yesterday wouldn't like, ah. <laughs> happen. Not yesterday. Having- um, <laughs> um,
0: and I think again, I, I really I think this is this is something that needs to be contemplated because this is at the core of where we all go wrong. Not having enough of both an awareness and appreciation. For this negative inclination that is going to reside within us. And the other part to that is that if you are not scrutinizing your behavior and your growth, you will be blind. Absolutely blind. Meaning? You will think, oh, I'm a pretty good person. And it might be true. I might be a very good person. It might also be true. That does not mean that there's not work to be done. That, and, and this, I think, is really at the core of what we dedicate our lives to, and, and again, what we hope this podcast is, is a part of. What I know for myself to be true, and what I hope to inspire within our listeners, there is this battle raging all the time, and I have to be a better person every day. And the only way that happens is first by knowing that there is this force that is going to pull me in the other direction, and to take the time to scrutinize my life.
1: You know, it is so interesting, I think people spend so much time contemplating their potential, and um, who they are supposed to be in terms of being a successful person, where they are supposed to invest their time, their energy, and their money. Right? We we focus a lot on how to be a successful human being, and the definition of success, of course, varies person to person. But what if people ask the question instead of, who do not I want to become? What if we approach life that way, and we we woke up and we're saying, okay, because if you if you already decide that you don't want to be somebody, it will stop those bad habits. And I said the word bad from becoming part of your nature, right? Because now your thought isn't only in how do I. Um, become better, because we can get tricked in that, as you just said, because we are not aware of that other force. But if you wake up and you say, okay, who don't I want to be? The next time that opportunity, that wind blows in a storm, you're going to say, wait a second, if I don't want to be a person that is selfish or that doesn't hear people, then in this moment, I'm going to be able to react in a different way. I think that it actually helps cut out, like 50% of the time, you'll probably make a better choice than you wouldn't.
0: Right. But I I think it has to be even more active and detailed than that.
1: Well, as a first step, I think it's pretty powerful.
0: Yeah, agreed. One one of the... I'm feeling a
1: little feisty. This is my third day on camera straight. (laughs) And (laughs) I haven't had to share the mic the last two nights. So here we go. (laughs)
0: Um, One of the very practical tools that the Kabbalists speak of that is necessary, is a daily review of our behavior. Mm -hmm. To look through the day and think about the positive, okay. More importantly, what are the ways that I behaved today? What are the thoughts that I had today? What are the actions that I did today that I do not believe are in line with my soul? Mm -hmm. They go so far as to say that unless you are doing this daily, you are gone. Now again, gone, like meaning death. gone, meaning no, 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 not <laughs> Like you're not, not here or yet. there. You're you you are just... you will not be developing in the ways that you need to be developing. And I ask every one of our listeners, when was the last time you sat down with yourself? For ten minutes, for a half hour at the end of the day, or even at the end of a week, and thought through what were the thoughts that you had that you really didn't don't wanna have? What are the words that you said, the conversations you had that are really not in line with your soul, with your essence? What are the actions that you took?
1: Well, when was the last time you did that?
0: I try to do it every day. Yeah, me too. I try to do it every day. And especially And I always
1: find something by the way.
0: Always. Of course. Yeah, if you're not well, if you're being
1: honest with yourself. Yeah, if you're
0: not finding it's it's yeah. it's, just, it's
1: a bigger problem. <laughs> right, right.
0: It, and that's the point. I think it's really important that, that again, for me, for you and for our listeners, every day there's gotta be something, one thing thought, forget it, but you must have, all, every one of us must have had ten thoughts, a hundred thoughts, today, that we probably don't, we know we should not have.
1: And also behavior, and it could Words be in any, any area, right? As a parent, as a spouse, uh, as a driver you know there's plenty Absolutely. of opportunities there Absolutely. but i think what we're saying i, th- I really do think it's a two part thing i think if you wake up every day and say who don't i want to be and then at the end of every night right at, at the end of the day you're saying okay what are the things that i did today that i, I didn't want to do or that i didn't want to think and i think that that's like a great foolproof plan so you don't wake up in 15 years and be like wow i really don't like myself and i don't even know how i got here and i also don't like my life
0: right Right, and and there's actually there's another part to this which I think is hopefully in, because sometimes people might not be excited to introspect and scrutinize behave um, our own behavior.
1: Wasn't that what mindfulness is supposed to be about?
0: Part of it, of course, of course, but but I'm saying it's not always right. I don't think people are naturally excited
1: to look at their to look stuff. at their
0: stuff. Yeah. So I'd like to say two things on that. First, a very beautiful and hopefully inspiring teaching is this. Imagine that you are and, and we are a person, an essence, that has so much to reveal. Potential. Endless potential. Right? Every um, As I am sitting here, and again, I try to dedicate as much time of my life to helping people to doing, bringing wisdom into this world and goodness, but I know that there is so much more potential for me, to reveal for for myself, both in in spiritual ways and physical ways, is so much more. How do I unlock my next blessings? How do I unlock my next level of growth? Mm -hmm. All the inspiring, exciting things that we all want. This is how. Every negative trait that I still have within me, and I must, if I am here, that I have not yet transformed, is actually a key that unlocks blessings. So, if you want more joy, if you want more blessings in your life, if you want more inspiration in your life, if you want more light in your life, find something within you that you need to transform, and begin the process of transforming it, and you will find that actually becomes a gateway to greater blessings. Conversely, if you go through life being okay, and not scrutinizing your behavior, and not transforming yourself in an active way, as we have been talking about until now, then there is so much untapped light and blessings that you haven't unlocked. So, I think it is so important to to not simply view what we are talking about today, which is the the active pursuit of change, the active pursuit internally, and scrutinizing of ourselves, for the purpose of becoming a better person, for the purpose of of growth, but most importantly, for the purpose of unlocking my next blessings. And that will not happen to the degree that it can, unless you remove these parts of yourself. And when you, I I believe, when you view the process of transformation that is precipitated by self-scrutinization, you will then be much more inspired. Because, again, I every one of us as I'm sitting here there are things that I can think of that I would want and, and important things more wisdom you know and I know that one of the most powerful ways to unlock my next blessings is by finding some blockage within me which manifests as negative thoughts negative actions negative words and actively transforming that that will be a gateway to allow my next light my next blessings
1: it's interesting because most people think that by sheer will, desire, hard work, and effort in the physical, they're going to unlock the blessings that they crave. And to some extent, sure. You right? have to do that as well. You do. And you do get some results. But I think that we settle in this place that like it's good enough, it's better than it was, and we don't realize, and I think that's what you are trying to say, we don't realize what's, what is available to us. Right. And it, it's far greater and... And abundant than we have any idea. I mean, we talk about that a lot with relationships. You know, people say, "Okay, I'm pretty happy. I found a good partner. You know, we enjoy doing the same things." But they have no idea what it could be. Right. And it's that unlocking. And and by the way, same thing with relationships. It's only through that self awareness, giving yourself that emotional feedback that which is to your soul that you can actually elevate every part of your life.
0: Absolutely. And so, so what I'm hoping to inspire within myself, within our listeners, is an excitement to find what else I need to change. Because what a powerful gate that it will be for you, for your next blessings. Like you just said, even if things are great, even if things are okay, I know that there's so much more of me And there is so much more of my blessings yet to come. And one of the most powerful ways to unlock it is by looking inside, finding those areas that need to be changed, and changing them. You cannot imagine the the amount of potential blessings that that will reveal for you. And related to that, and therefore, when you read in the ancient teachings and wisdom around this topic, it is referred to as a gift. And I was actually reading something today, which I find is very inspiring. And hopefully our listeners will now start thinking about this in this way, because there's a concept that you need to be open to other people's, you know, we don't like the word criticism, but feedback. Feedback.
1: <laughs> Feedback's a much better word.
0: So, so they say, if somebody is giving you a diamond, you don't care how dirty they are. Right? If somebody took out a, a th- whatever the uh, $10,000, and he says, Hey, 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 excuse me, I want to I give this to you, right? You, just you don't care if he's a homeless guy <laughs> who's filthy and smelly, ah, right? Like you just, analogy. oh my God, thank you so much, that's right? Good, yeah. So they say the same thing, right? If you, and this is, I, I think, the real consciousness shift that the view. <laughs> I
1: like that a lot.
0: Yeah. Then and, and, and that's the phrase, the ancient phrase, which is, again, that, that when, if, if, somebody giving, in, right? if somebody is giving you, they use diamond, right? But somebody's giving you a great gift. You don't care who's giving it. What they look like.
1: Porsche or whatever, a car, a house, a keys to a house. They go, you know.
0: And 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 what we need to do, and this needs this is constant work. This isn't something that happens from listening to a podcast.
1: Well, don't underestimate. No, no, no.
0: Hopefully it can start the process, but the point is to really shift our consciousness around the excitement for transformation when you understand that it is one of the greatest gifts that you can give yourself. One of the greatest ways to unlock your blessings. You do it for yourself, and you are excited to get it from somebody else.
1: But This is why I brought this up in the beginning, and I, I really think that this is an issue for people. So, everything, I think, that we shared has been inspiring. What you just shared super inspiring, but what do... You know, people, I think, yeah, they want to transform, they want to change, but they just don't even know what that looks like day to day because they don't really even like themselves enough today to then go and pursue change. Like, you want me to look at, I don't even like who, wait, I don't even like who I am. And you want me to now find other things that are wrong with me? That's where most people are. That's the reality. And that's why I said, if each person can realize they come into the world one way, and over time, we do collect, create different habits, you want to tap into the truest part, be kind to yourself, first start there, where you are just you, you love you, and then from that space, then look at all the things that you want to change by yourself, because if not, I think this is where people really get stuck and say, you know, I studied spirituality, but it was just too much work, all that change and that transformation. Of course, for people who have been doing it for many years, like it's obvious because that's the only thing that makes you ultimately happy in the realest way that that lasts forever. But until you get on the other side of it, it's really difficult to start, I think.
0: No, I, I'll accept that and and certainly, and we said this before, that the beauty of this is that if you really know who you are, which is I am all the good things I've ever done only them. I am only the things that have done good for me, that have done good for others, that have brought light and blessings into my life. That That is actually who I am. That is me. That is me. Anything negative that I have ever done is not me. It is not my essence. Even if I have done the worst thing, that was me falling prey to this other voice. Call it the negative inclination. Call it the ego that made me think, speak, behave in that way. So, so to that point, and I know that certainly there are people who struggle with that acceptance of themselves. What we are saying is actually, I think, very powerfully expressing the fact that rather than view any negative action that you have done as a personal failure, realize, and we probably need to remind ourselves maybe daily, I am pure, I am perfect, I am elevated, I am only, I have only, I have only ever done good. In this world, there's this other force, voice that has piggybacked into my life and into my mind. Again, call it the negative inclination, call it the ego, whatever you want to call it. And that has caused me, yes, to behave in ways that are not me. To yell at people, to be jealous of people, and so on and so forth. I think separating, separating ourselves from anything negative I've ever done. Our essence
1: from our behavior.
0: Exactly. And I think, and therefore, what happens is that when you think of yourself in this way, in this true way, then the other part, and I've, I've shared this before, but it's one of what I find to be a very inspiring idea is that Even if a second ago I did something really bad, a Mm -hmm. second ago I yelled at you, right? Me? Yeah, (laughs) right. I can Mm -hmm. still, in this next second, see myself as a pure, elevated, powerful spiritual being.
1: Yeah, I might. Because I, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, exactly, exactly. (laughs) But the point is, but I'm, I'm right, right? I'm right. Now it's true that I fell prey to that negative voice in my head, and that's why it brought me and my ego to yell at you. Right, That still is true. But the other part is also always true. That I am a pure, perfect being. So, I think it is really important to separate those two. And once you do that, still go back to the process of scrutinizing, okay, let us see, how long and how often do I actually listen to that negative voice in my head and behave, therefore, in certain it. ways? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I think, I think it ne- is especially to your point, I think it is so necessary to gain this clarity about ourselves, and then, yes, go ahead and scrutinize, not you, you are not scrutinizing you. You are actually scrutinizing the times that you listen to this negative voice that is not you.
1: And by the way, that it goes back to what we said at the beginning. So when somebody behaves very poorly to other people that they love, right, and then when they have gotten over the anger, and the screaming, and the yelling, and they say but I'm a good person you know I don't deserve this I because now they're connecting now they have maybe some regret by the behavior then they're connecting back to their soul and they're like but why can't you see all the good that I am because your actions did not express that yeah, so you
0: still hurt me yeah. <laughs> you are a perfect being but uh, 10 seconds ago you hurt me exactly. really badly absolutely and and and, and sorry you No go ahead uh, um, <laughs> There's, you know, I've mentioned many, many times. One of my more favorite books is a book by a, a, he's a Nobel Prize-winning psychologist. He's also works in economic theory, Daniel Kahneman, and he wrote a book, Thinking Fast and Slow. slow. And his uh, one of his foundational uh, discoveries is that our mind has two two ways of working: the fast mind and the slow mind. He calls them System One and System Two. System one is intuition, quick reactivity, all the things that we do like that.
1: Survival type things?
0: No, and it could be anything. For instance, let's say if you're learning to play piano, right? Mm-hmm. So to learn to play piano, you have to use the slow mind, right? Mm-hmm. You have to learn, and you have to, and so on and so forth. And then when you learn it, it actually now is part of your intuitive behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, then it's actually transferred into the system one or or, or the, the fast mind. The things that you have taught yourself and now uh, are now uh, um, part of the fast thinking mind. Most of our lives are. Used the the fast mind, right? Why do we? Why when somebody cuts us off do we yell at them, right? When when somebody we feel has hurt our feelings, we'll lash out at them. That's the that's the fast mind. He points out, and this is certainly uh, the spiritual view that we do not spend enough time with the f- slow mind, right? The mind that really thinks through things, that assesses, that scrutinizes, and he he says most of the failures in this world have come because we've and again there's and there's a lot of place for you you want your pilot to be using his first mind most we of the misuse time it, but but Basically. we 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 do not often enough go to the slow mind and that's what i think when you understand that this is the way the mind works right this isn't just that that what we're talking about is moving ourselves a little bit more over to the slow mind really assessing our behavior, reactivity, really thinking through that. Yeah,
1: I was going to say, it sounds like the Kabbalistic idea of the reactive behavior versus being proactive, right? Exactly. And it is exactly, I guess, those two ideas support the two different forces that exist in all of exactly.
0: us. Exactly. And, and and the thing is, that the, again, in, in certainly in Kahneman's uh, uh, thought, the the fast mind is not a negative thing, right? There's certainly it place needs
1: to be when you're oh,
0: driving, right? When somebody swerves into your lane, you don't want to start thinking for five minutes. Should I move the car? Should I stay in this lane, right? Oh, well, you kind you,
1: of do that. <laughs> oh, so. thank you, thank, you, thank <laughs> you. No, it needs to be controlled. It needs to be um, managed. The fast
0: mind. The fast yeah. mind. Again, when when a person comes to a doctor, often the doctor has been doing this for so long. He he can quickly assess and so on. There's a lot of place for that fast mind, but not enough, I think, for most of us, certainly, when it comes to looking inside and transforming, we do not use the slow mind enough. And that is what, I, again, for me, and I think for us, what we want to inspire with our listeners is is that not doing that leads to a life unfulfilled. Unfulfilled, not just unfulfilled because you will not be as happy as you can be, but also you will not be revealing your potential.
1: I think it leads to a life that's not fully it's like unopened. That's Absolutely. what it really is. It's Absolutely. like you never really Absolutely. open it. And you've had a present sitting in front of you all along and you're just Many like, presents. "Oh, yeah." Absolutely. I I do want to go to the 1% for a minute. Um I think it's also helpful for people to know what their triggers are because when you're aware of what is going to what does trigger you, whether it's something that happened in your childhood, that anytime it happens now in adulthood, it's a trigger. Um, for me, for instance, you know, clutter triggers me. I never noticed. Well, I, I did it's interesting because I found something today and I wanted to share with you. Oh, thank you. To let you know, Oh, honest. so this will be
0: something that makes me look great.
1: No, no, no. It's just I think it's gonna be it's gonna help you understand me.
0: Thank you. Do no you want to hear it? I would love to hear Me and I am sure many of our listeners would love to hear it.
1: Because I think that if you if you know my trigger, and I know my trigger, honestly, after I read this, I was like, okay, so I understand what is happening in my brain when I get triggered, and now I do not have to react to it, because I understand what is happening, and then I can choose a different response. So that is what I am saying I want to do the 1% thing, because, again, these are spiritually elevated ideas, but I think people need tools. So, there was an article in the New York Times that cited researchers from UCLA. And the study observed 32 middle-class Los Angeles families, and they found that all of the mothers' stress hormones spiked during the time they spent dealing with their belongings.
0: With their own belongings?
1: Well, their mothers, so it would be their belongings, but it would also be family belongings. So, And we can go into, you know, what triggers it and your cortisol levels. But in fact, what I thought was interesting is that cortisol goes into the brain and stimulates the alarm center. So the stress hormone spikes that, right? And the alarm center is the amygdala. And it kills neurons in the hippocampus, which besides doing visual spatial memory, also calms down the amygdala and calms down stress altogether. This mental experience of stress, especially if it is chronic and severe, gradually changes the structure of the brain. So, we become aggressively more sensitive to stress. The mind can change the brain, and the brain can change the mind. So, I think that also, there is something happening physiologically, which is why it is so important to see what your habits are, right, and how you respond to things, Is actually, your brain is changing according to how you respond to things in life. But this is the part that I really, Michael, wanted you to hear. (laughs) So, why does mess lead to so much stress? for the opposite reason that order and calm spaces like spas feel so calming and relaxing. Number one, clutter bombards our, Monica's mind, with excessive stimuli, causing our senses to work overtime on stimuli that are not necessary or important. So when I walk in the house and there is clutter, this is what is just so really clear. Two, clutter distracts us by drawing our attention away from what our focus should be on, you, the kids. 3. Clutter makes it more difficult to relax, both physically and mentally. I know you want me to be relaxed. Absolutely. 4. Clutter constantly signals to our brains that our work is never done. Exhaustion. That is not good. 5. Clutter makes us anxious because we are never sure what it is going to take to get through to the bottom. And 6. Clutter inhibits creativity and productivity by invading the open spaces that allow most people to think, brainstorm, and problem-solve. So I shared with this, this with you personally, obviously you understand why, but for our listeners, I think it is important to recognize what your triggers are. So you, you don't feel bad about yourself when you react to something, you have information and then you know, it's coming, you know, it's going to set you off and you can choose something different. Nice. so i think it's an important tool
0: nice thank you thank you're you for welcome. sharing that you're, with
1: me you're so welcome we can uh, talk about it more later
0: i hope we do i hope <laughs> we do uh, monica's been giving lectures this whole week so i really haven't had time so i actually was actually so excited at all I know i know so excited week. to spend this this uh uh time with you
1: are you still still yes very very excited <laughs>
0: um there's one one more thought uh, on this that i think is really important there's a book that i've mentioned many times because it's, it's a Foundational book, and also one of my more favorite Kabbalists, Italian capitalist, Ramush Chaim Lucato, and he write he has a whole book about how to transform, how to delve inside and transform. And there's one of the chapters is dedicated to a word that I think perfectly encapsulates the transformation that we hope to awaken within ourselves and our, and our listeners. So when he talks about how to grow and change, one of the most important things, one of the most important traits he speaks about is, in the Hebrew, it is zehirut, or in English would be being careful. Mm. Being careful. And I think, again, this relates also to what I was saying before with with uh, Dan, Daniel Kahneman, the idea of fast and slow. Mm-hmm. I think most of us don't live a careful life. And by that I mean, because we don't often scrutinize our daily behavior, our interactions with people, certainly our thoughts and our words. We hurt somebody else, for instance. We say something we we know we should not have said, or we just forgot and we said it. We were not careful. And for me, this thought, when you realize that my life's journey and our listeners' life's journey, it has a goal. that, That I have... Again, tremendous, and every one of our listeners has tremendous potential and blessings that are meant to come to them. But you have to live carefully. You know, often for ourselves, and I know people, you know, they see themselves, and as many of us do, a good person, good person. I think the question we should ask ourselves is Am I living life carefully?
1: Is that the same as thoughtfully, perhaps?
0: Yes, yes. Aware. Yeah, because I think we you know with some days, we we can say oh, I, I had a stressful day, you know, so I yell okay, next, right?
1: But then what what if your next day is stressful? What if your year is stressful? Exactly. Right? And that's the thing, right? Then that becomes a habit by the way. I do know somebody who had a very difficult year and the whole year, oh, well, I've had you know, I'm stressed and then they've now become a version of themselves that's really not their best.
0: And that's why I think again for me it's I thought that it was a very and you know, hopefully for our listeners live carefully, because a lot is riding on your life. Mm. And if you really take life carefully, thoughtfully, slowly, however, whichever word you use, you will change. And the beautiful part of change, again, by the way, change, to be careful with that word, what you are going to be changing is is remo- d- diminishing that negative inclination from having influence upon you, and therefore allowing your essence, your soul, to shine Mm. in its most powerful, purest, potential way. And, um, again, just to underline where we started, going through life without this consciousness, without this constant thought, without this constant internal accountability, you, a person goes through life thinking they are a good person, and probably he or she is, but nowhere close to what they, what their life can, and is meant to be. And what they really
1: ultimately want. Absolutely. There is this quote by Frank Outlaw that I love, that I have quoted him quite often, and a few people have said this in, in different ways, but he said, Watch your thoughts, they become your words. Watch your words, they become your actions. Watch your actions, they become your habits watch your habits, they become your character, and watch your character, it becomes your destiny. I think that sums it all up. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. So, I hope you enjoyed (laughs) listening to this podcast as much as we enjoyed recording it. As I mentioned, I have not had time to have real conversations with Monica this week. She has been very busy, so I appreciate the time that she spent with me just now. And I hope that we inspired our listeners to, and ourselves, to really take the time to live carefully, to live with thought of how we think, speak, and, and act, because, again, the beautiful side to that is that that is how we will live the life that we are meant to be living. And, and and you see the gift in finding those places where we listen to that part within ourselves that is not us. We did not have a chance to get to a letter this week, but... Oh, you
1: do not want to read a letter? no.
0: Next week, we'll we will hopefully get to a letter. But please continue to send all of your questions, stories, letters. Even if we don't get to all of them, we read them. It inspires us. And hopefully, we continue to inspire our listeners. So send all of your questions, comments, stories to monicaandmichael at kabbalah.com. We try to get to as many of them as possible and uh, share the stories uh, that inspire us and hopefully inspire our readers. And... um like we also mentioned, we do this podcast, also because, finally, I get to spend some time with Monica, but also because we hope to inspire our listeners. Please uh, share this podcast with others, with your friends and family. Go to Apple Podcasts, write re- positive reviews, hopefully, five-star reviews, wherever you get your podcast, and share them with as many people as possible. And
1: Do you know what is interesting? Tell me. Um, I ran into somebody at Tracy Anderson this week, and I, I do not really know her um, very well, at all actually but she so I was surprised that she had joined my webinars this week and that she said you know I she's been zooming you know the the workouts from home it's the first time she came in studio since COVID and she said that she turns the music down on the the uh, class online and she puts our podcast oh really oh wow and I thought that was amazing by the way and it makes sense because I listen to podcasts when I'm driving or when I had my tooth pulled, because if something's really stimulating mentally, it takes you out of whatever you're doing physically and the workout's pretty hard. So shout out to you, Danny. I thought that was awesome and I felt really inspired. you know that people are working out to us.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> imagine that. you I can understand that oh, sure, so much. Sure.
1: <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Bye.